I love you. I know it's a difficult season. Uh, I mean, that's that's certainly uh, the point. You know, I you know I said it this way the other day. You know, the you can't ignore the elephant that's in the room because the elephant that's in the room is the fact that the elephant is not in the room. We're just not here. The crowd is not here, and and it's strange, but it's so good and so heartwarming every time we get to be together. And how many believe that he's still in control? Anybody believe that? I want to speak to you, and I was really inspired by this song that keeps playing. It just kind of popped in my heart, really kind of popped in after the words had had moved in my prayer time uh, out of uh, that song, Waymaker. How many know the tune Waymaker? You know, you know the song? Anybody know it? Can you sing it? Can you sing it right where you are? He's the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Yes. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on, sing it with me. Way maker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Sing it again. He's the way maker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. And then this phrase right here. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. touches my heart and uh, and that's really what I want to talk about today even when I don't see him he is still working even when I don't feel him even when I don't see him he's still working go with me in this teaching in Luke chapter 24 and verse 15 I want to take you to the road to Emmaus where Jesus the Bible says drew near and walked next to two disciples and they saw him but somehow they didn't recognize him they saw him but they didn't recognize him. I don't know how you feel. I, I don't know how this is. Well, I guess I do. I don't want to lie to you and pretend that this never affects me. Sometimes I 
walk in the room and I see, you know, we, we, got, we got brand new chairs that nobody sat on yet. And we got a brand new carpet nobody's walked on yet. And I, but I'm looking around and I don't see my crowd. I don't see my people. And for me to pretend like it does not affect me would just, it would just be a lie. I mean, it's, it's painful. I I love what we're doing right now. I love the online gatherings. And I know the Lord is making us better than we've ever been before. At the same time, I, I, I like people. I like seeing you here. I like praying with you, holding my hands in a circle. I like that, that that impacts me. But that in itself is one thing. I also know that there are people that are watching who have been through some things. I've read about and I've seen all of the stats regarding this particular season of uh, folks who have uh, been in other states, especially uh, New York, New Jersey, who've had incredible uh, uh, negative things that have happened there, so many deaths and so many people that have been, been sick. But while I say that, I also know I was, uh, we've been praying for Josh and Leilani's family. We love you guys. I mean, no, we love Josh and Leilani. We love you. But they they went through so much. They've had between the two of them, they've had five. They've lost five family members. And Josh just messaged me this morning. He has two more family members that are sick uh, as well. We, come on, can we pray for them, Father? We just pray for Josh and Leilani. We pray, Father, that you would encourage them. And we ask for peace. We ask for healing. We know that you're a healer, Lord Jesus. Touch and minister to this family. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Touch them, dear God. Heal them. Encourage them. I, I know that we have others. Uh, David Carabio, is, uh, his father's been ill. I know uh, Lisa's mother who passed away, Lisa Child's mother, and she, uh, they were burying her just this week in Michigan. And we pray, Lisa, for you, for your family. LaJane Boley's 94-year-old uncle in a nursing home has, been, has contracted the, the virus those, those are heavy things to talk about. And I know you say, Pastor, you know, I don't need you to be the news broadcast. I'm not bringing you down. I also want you to know that, you know, Mary Porter was watching this morning. She, has, she is now without symptoms. She, she got through it. And I know that, you know, one of our sisters, her mother and her sister both had it. And both of them have recovered. I, I also know that we had two members who thought that they might have it, but both of them were tested both of them came back negative. Somebody praise Jesus. I'm saying there's a lot of people that are well, a lot of people that are recovered, but still it's a struggle. Even if you haven't been sick, still the quarantine, the difficulty, the financial struggle, the businesses that are shut down, they're, they're overwhelming sometimes. And we pray, Father, that you would touch them. We pray, God, those that might be sick for other reasons, those who are emotionally struggling, struggling those who are depressed, Come, Holy Spirit, be the way maker, be the miracle worker, even though they don't sense you in the room. Come, Holy Spirit, and do miracles for them. I mean, let me get on with this teaching today. Uh, even when I don't see him, I want you to say this because some people say you're just crazy for saying it. Even when I don't see him, even when I don't feel him, Scripture teaches me and the stories of the Bible teach me that Jesus is still working. And he encounters people. I love this story in Luke chapter 24. Two disciples, one of them is unnamed, one is Cleopas. They are not of the uh, 11. They are not of those that remain after the resurrection, but they are two others. And you know, he had many disciples, many people who followed him, but we find them leaving Jerusalem. And I'm asking the question, why are you leaving Jerusalem for? Hey, hey guys, 
What are you leaving for? Well, we're going home. We're going back to Emmaus. We're going back to our village. We're just messed up. We don't see Jesus anymore. We don't see him. And this is the day of the resurrection that they left, the day of the resurrection. Now, there are different people who respond differently. I think sometimes, you know, men and women sometimes respond differently. Am I, am I right? And don't fight about it right now, please, all right? But sometimes men and women respond differently to stuff. And, and I noticed that, you know, Mary, she's just so affectionate. She's holding on to Jesus, and, and she's running and telling Peter and John about and the other disciples about what she had seen at the tomb. Uh, but then we got guys like these guys. We don't know them that well, but the scripture says they have sad faces. They're just kind of walking away, just, just leaving, just leaving town, uh, isolating. Uh, I noticed that, uh, a, a post that uh, our soul care leader, uh, Bob Rubenow, had paste, uh, placed on his Facebook uh, early this morning about men and how men can just be so isolating. Like, you know, it's like sometimes we quarantine our emotions and, and we don't speak up. We don't deal with the truths that are going on in our lives. And, and sometimes people focus on things they should not be focusing on when they should be looking for Jesus. Are you glad that even in those dark places that Jesus shows up, even when you don't feel him or see him, he shows up in those settings, even when you don't recognize him. And that's what's going on with these guys in Luke 24, verse 18. They did not recognize Jesus. And can I tell you, sometimes we don't recognize Jesus. Now, this might sound weird for a preacher to say, and that's okay. That's all right. Jesus loves you so much, he will show up anyway. That's what we see in these, this moment. These two disciples leave in Jerusalem. They don't believe that he is raised from the dead. They're just broken on the inside. The scripture says they have sad faces. They actually make sarcastic comments. Where are my sarcastic brothers and sisters? Where are they? Are you out there in the room right now somewhere? Somewhere? Got anybody knows how to throw that sarcasm around, you know? I, you know, I have been, it has been said that I have a spiritual gift of sarcasm. I think a lot of preachers do, but, but these guys get sarcastic with Jesus and they say this, Jesus walks up and says, you know, why are you so sad? What's going on? And uh, one of them, Cleopas asked him and said, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have been happening there these last few days? Are you the only one? Everybody knows why you got your head stuck in the sand or something. You're not paying attention. What's up with you, Jesus? What's going on, Jesus? And uh, then he just went ahead and he told him, since, since you don't know, listen, it's, do you know Jesus is a good person to process with? Do you know that? When you're struggling, he's a good person to process with. Jesus uh, listens, and he, they tell him all of the things. They give Jesus a play-by-play of what happened. How many know that Jesus knows what's happening? Anybody know that? He knows. It's okay for you to give him your understanding of what's going on. So they go through the whole story. They're walking. Jesus is walking with them. They don't recognize Jesus But they had come to a conclusion in Luke 24, verse 21. They said, we had hoped that he would be the one who was going to set Israel free. Now, I don't want to pick on them too hard here, but they had spent the last few years following Jesus. These are disciples that knew who he was. They knew about his power. They knew that Lazarus had been raised from the dead. They they knew about his miracles. They had listened to his words, and they had hoped 
that he would be the one who would set Israel free. They hoped that Jesus would be the one who was the Messiah. Perhaps they had believed with Peter, who said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But still, though the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the Prince of Peace, the promised one is standing in front of them, there is a barrier. And I think we struggle with that as well. You know, I think right now, anybody, uh, Moni Grubbs made this one for me, by the way. It was kind of cool, dropped it off here. Anybody wearing a mask? Anybody have one of these? Because it's kind of, sometimes it's hard to see what Jesus is doing or where he is when you're, when you're wearing a mask. You know what I'm saying? You have this mask on your face and, and everybody looks. I walked into a store with a mask the other day and it dawned on me, do I look like I'm about to rob the place? Because I had a hoodie on at the same time. I thought, a hoodie and a mask? I could get in trouble right now. I actually asked the lady when I got up front, is, how do you feel about this? Because I, I, you know, people don't necessarily know me. I could be doing anything behind this mask. I could be like making a really nasty face at you. I could be sticking my tongue out at you. I mean, you really can't see. In fact, your, your, your emotions, your face is hidden. It's kind of a strange thing. That even when I'm wearing my mask, Jesus knows who I am. But sometimes, even though it doesn't cover my eyes in this situation, I'm having a hard time knowing who Jesus is or experiencing him. It's hard to see Jesus in situations like this. It's hard to see Jesus when all you can see are the headlines and the COVID-19 stories. It's hard to see Jesus when you've had a loved one pass away. Or it's hard to see him. When you've been quarantined for a month and a half, when you've had a diagnosis, is where are you? And again, I'm not busting on us right now. I'm just saying, be careful when you don't like what's happening, when you don't like how the Lord is handling the affairs of the world. Be careful when you don't like the way the Messiah is messiahing. You don't like the way he's doing his job. He knows what we need. He's still there. He's still working. I get this, but don't be so deep into your pain and fear that you can't see Jesus when he walks up and looks you right in the face. Got an amen out there? Amen. He is still working even when you're hurting. Hear me. He's still working even when you're hurting. Sometimes there's a strange reality. Sometimes I'm my own worst theologian. I come up with ideas about who Jesus is and what Jesus will do. And then I get frustrated because I can't decide which Jesus I'm going to believe in. You know we all have two Jesuses, right? There are two Jesuses. There is the fairy tale Jesus and the real Jesus, right? The, the fairy tale Jesus is this Jesus. The fairy tale Jesus that you worship is the Jesus that says, nothing uncomfortable will ever happen in your life. Real Jesus knows that's not true, right? Because real Jesus said, in this life, you will have hardship. You'll have persecution. But then he says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I'm going to get you through it. Fairy tale Jesus tells you, you don't need to pay attention to what's going on in the world. But real Jesus wants you to open your eyes and look out at the world and realize that the harvest is ready for reaping. Fairy tale Jesus 
says, uh, you're going to, uh, you don't have to repent, that you, you don't have to, all you have to do is you just say his name and you never have to repent, you never need to study the Bible. But real Jesus says, it would be a good idea to repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In fact, real Jesus might quote 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he said, I will hear them. I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I was kind of looking at all the diversity of comments regarding what we should be doing. And some people say, you got to wear a mask. And some people say, don't. I say, wear one when you should, okay? But, you know, it might help, it might not. You know, how do we do this? When do we wash our hands? And I think sometimes people struggle. And in all of the effort of social distancing, wouldn't it be good if we could get close to real Jesus? I tell you, let me call you to this. What do you say? We put our faith in the healer, the way maker, even if you haven't seen him lately. What if all of us would repent and call upon the real Jesus and allow him to do what he wants to do in our hearts and in our lives? Somebody praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Real Jesus. Here's the thing. Real Jesus, listen, real Jesus will call you out. You won't even know it's him. But real Jesus will call you out. He will speak. How many know Jesus will say stuff to you you don't even want to hear it sometimes? I mean, it's one thing for somebody else to tell me I'm being foolish, but Jesus walking with these two disciples who were frustrated, who do not recognize him, they can't see him because they can't see through their pain. They can't see through their difficulty. They're not looking at him in their face. They're just looking down. Jesus finally looks at them and says, You know, guys, you are foolish, and you're so slow to believe everything that the prophet said. Now, I'm looking at that statement, and when I see it, if if you define the statement, here's what it means. You are foolish and slow to believe. A word study and other interpretation use it this way. Your hearts are so dull. They're dull. Why does it get dull? How did their hearts get dull? Their hearts got dull because all they are focusing on is what they are seeing with their eyes. That's all they're focusing on. When you're focused on the brokenness, when you're focused on the fear, it's hard to see Jesus in those moments. In other words, they're saying, you know just enough about Messiah. You know just enough about deliverance to be disappointed. Just enough to think if he loved you, if Jesus were real, he wouldn't let you go through anything. Come on. He calls them out, and I think the Lord is calling us out. Anybody agree? He's calling us up right now. Come on, church. We've been slow. We haven't seen him, but right now in your homes, it would be a good time right now just to say, Jesus, come and speak to me. Talk to me. I've decided to trust you no matter what's going on in this world. Jesus had been missed. They didn't recognize him, so here's what Jesus does. Still... Just as he calls them out, he begins to reveal himself. And what's beautiful about this revelation is they did not recognize him. They thought he was an unknown individual, some visitor who was not paying attention. So Jesus takes a walk with them. 
They're walking to Emmaus. It's a seven-mile walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Jesus walks with them. And as he is walking with them, he begins to open up the word to them. Now, he is the word. He knows what it is. Amen? And he takes them all the way back to Moses. He takes them all the way back to the Torah. He takes them all the way back, and he begins to explain who Jesus really is. I mean, if anybody knows who Jesus is, he knows. And I I would have loved, oh, if I could just, you know, jump in a time machine and go back any place. I'd like to be popped right there on the road to Emmaus and just listen to Jesus as he walked and explained. He might have said something like uh, uh, the Benwards wrote in a song back in the 90s called He Is. Anybody remember that song, He Is? It was just just this powerful statement of who Jesus is because you think Jesus just showed up in Bethlehem, but he has always been. He, Jesus, is the Alpha and the Omega. And if you look back in the Word of God, you keep discovering. And this is what that song said in Genesis. He's the breath of life. In Exodus, the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest in numbers the fire by night deuteronomy he's moses voice joshua he's salvation's choice and then he goes on joshua he's the lawgiver ruth the kinsman redeemer and first and second samuel the trusted prophet in first and second chronicles he's our sovereign lord and ezra the true and faithful scribe and nehemiah the rebuilder of broken walls and lives in esther he's mordecai's courage and job he's the timeless redeemer in psalms he's our morning star in proverbs wisdom's cry ecclesiastes he's the time and season in song of solomon jesus is revealed as the lover's dream in isaiah the prince of peace and jeremiah the weeping prophet lamentations the cry of israel ezekiel the call from sin and daniel he's the stranger in the fire anybody love this in hosea Forever faithful in Joel, the Spirit's power in Amos. He is the arms that carry it in Obadiah. He is the Lord, our Savior in Jonah, the great missionary in Micah, the promise of peace in Nahum. He is our strength and shield in Habakkuk and Zephaniah. He's pleading for revival in Haggai. He restores our lost heritage in Zechariah, our fountain, and in Malachi. He's the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. You know, you can look it up. He finishes up with Jesus. He's the prince of peace, the son of man, the lamb of God, the great I am. He is the Alpha and Omega, God and Savior. He is Jesus Christ the Lord. And when time is no more, he is. Praise Jesus. I'm telling you, if anybody can explain to you who Jesus is, It's Jesus, and he has always been there, and he always will be there. Can you imagine as their eyes begin to open, they still don't recognize him, but the dullness of their hearts is beginning to go away. There's beginning to be a brightness there, and as they continue to walk, they say, I want to spend more time with this guy who knows who Jesus is, who maybe he is 
is the Messiah. Maybe he did die on the cross. And maybe he did rise again. Just like Mary had said. Maybe he is who he says he is. All they knew. You know when you begin to hear the word of God. You actually. Your heart begins to rise. Your heart begins to get shiny. Your, your spirit begins to rise. When you focus on who Jesus is and focus on the word of God. There is nothing like Jesus. There's nothing like who he is. But still, as they come near, even though they have not realized who he is, there is this great reality. They don't have a complete revelation of who Jesus is until they stop and they ask him to stay with them. And they ask him if he will eat. Jesus pretends. He plays them. He says, no, I got to get on down the road. But they invite Jesus to come into their house where they are staying to eat with them, to break bread with them. They invite him to come and get the bread. And so Jesus starts to go away, and then he comes back and says, okay, I'll, stay some, I'll spend some time with you. So they, he sits at the table in Luke 24. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going further. They urged him strongly to stay. And then look at verse 30. He sat down at the table with them. He took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Listen, everybody get your communion out right now. Get Go ahead and get your communion, if you would. Get the bread in your hand. In fact, I would like all of us just to get some bread and hold it in your hands. Get it in your hands. I want you to look at this, this teaching again in Luke 24 and 30. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread. He took the bread. And when he took the bread, he took it. He gave thanks for the bread. He broke it. And he began to give it to them. And when he took the bread, and when he broke the bread, and gave, gave thanks and broke the bread and began to give it to them, their eyes began to be opened and they recognized him. They recognized him. There was something about how that Jesus took the bread, blessed the bread, broke the bread. And gave the bread that caused them to open up their eyes. When they saw the bread, can I tell you again, Jesus is the bread of life. He is the manna in the wilderness. Jesus is the food that people have no idea what it is until they have received him. Remember when he said that to the disciples after he had visited with the woman at the well? Jesus took the bread. Listen, Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus gave his own life for us. He took upon himself the form of a man. He took upon himself flesh. And when he took upon himself flesh, it was by his choice. He loved us so much that he came and he blessed it. You remember when Jesus went into the garden? Remember what he said? He said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He blessed the will of the Father. He 
is the blessed one. Jesus is the blessed one. And then he took the bread. He blessed it. And he broke it. Remember, Jesus went back to Jerusalem. He knew what was going to happen. He broke the bread. He went to the cross. They took his body. And they put it on the cross. He broke the bread. But he didn't just die to die. He died so that your sins could be removed by his broken body. He was beaten. His body was beaten so that you and I could be set free. There's just something about the way that he allowed himself to be broken and then he gave the bread. You know the disciples had to understand this at that moment because Jesus had already taught his disciples about the bread. Can you imagine after that first Passover when Jesus took the bread and broke it and gave his disciples and he said, this is my body that is broken for you? Can you imagine when Jesus broke the bread, the Holy Spirit just rested upon them and they said, this is that Jesus. I don't know, maybe it was like Thomas. Maybe when he took the bread and he broke it, they looked and saw the nail prints in his hands. Maybe it was with that moment that they finally realized he not only died, but he is the Passover lamb, the one who removes all of my sins. And he gave the bread. He gave the bread. You see, I see that myself as well. Because did you know that Jesus had a plan for Cleopas and the other disciple that was, that was going to Emmaus? He stopped with them because he took them, those two doubting disciples. He blessed those two struggling men. And he allowed them to be broken. He, had, he allowed them to realize that there were some things that needed to be removed from their life. Not only did he do this. But he also raised them up and gave them. I look at myself. I don't know how I got here. Just a kid growing up. And I don't know why it would be that the Lord would look at me. But somehow he saw me. And he took me. And he blessed me. And caused me to be born again. But then he broke me and broke the flesh in my life so that I could live by the Spirit. And then he gave me, put gifts in my life. But I'm no different than you he also has called you his own. He has also blessed you with his spirit. But can I say right now, you don't like the breaking too much. But God is going to use this breaking. In the breaking of the bread, he reveals himself. In your home during this broken time, you can draw closer to Jesus than you've ever been before. Let him come close to you. Use this time, use this difficulty, and let Jesus transform your life. And then on the other side, when we all get together, when we get out of our houses, we're going to see revival like we've never seen before. Can I tell you that Jesus is with you? Can I tell you that he's right there in the space where you are? Would you say this? Welcome, Lord Jesus. Say it, welcome. Say it, welcome, Lord Jesus. Welcome, Lord Jesus. Welcome, Lord Jesus. I welcome you. I welcome you. Thank you for being here. Would you right now, understanding that Jesus is who he is, would you allow him to be there in the room with you? Would you take that piece of bread and would you break it and share it with others that are nearby you? Would you do that? Take it and share the bread. This bread, which is the body of the Lord Jesus, is not only representative of what he did, but it's also a revelation of what he is doing. 
we take up our cross in difficult times and we follow him. We follow him. Lord Jesus, I receive your brokenness and I receive your healing. Take the bread. Take it and eat it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome, Holy Spirit. 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 Then he showed them the nail prints in his hands. The blood that was poured out. The blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. This blood was poured out. So even if you're struggling right now, even if you don't see Jesus right now, his blood was poured out so that you would know that you are already forgiven, that you are already justified, that he loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you are, come on, receive the cup, receive the cup, receive it. No, wait. Stay with me. Stay with me. There are those of you that need to pray, and I want you to pray with me. I have a prayer line that's open right now. It's just the church phone number. There are prayer workers that are on the phones right now waiting for them to ring. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe you're sick and you need somebody to pray for you. Maybe you want to talk with somebody about your faith. Maybe you're going through a marital struggle and you don't know what what to do. I don't know, but I've got some prayer workers sitting connected to 428-3277. And even after we're finished, they're still going to be there. If you call and no one answers, just leave a message for me. Just click the number that takes you to, to, to my office so that I can receive your needs. We want to pray for you. Some of you need to give your life to Jesus. Would you do that right now? Come on, give your life. Say it like with Thomas, my Lord and my God. Let the Lord open your eyes so that you would know that no matter how you've doubted, no matter what your struggle is, Jesus loves you. He wants to involve himself in your life now. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Just come close to him. Let him reveal himself to you. I know you haven't seen him, but he's still there. I know you haven't felt him, but he's still there. Let him draw you close. Be healed. Be free. Again, that phone number is there for you right now. 428-3277-757-428. 3277. Somebody is there to pray with you. That's all they want to do. Just pray with you now. Come, Holy Spirit. You know, this might seem like it's your new normal right now, but can I tell you, it's really your new transformation. It's God taking you to something brand new. He's changing your life. He's transforming you. I pray for your home. Father, in the name of Jesus, for these homes, for these families, For those that are all by themselves, I pray, Father, you would touch them. I'm praying for you. Those of you that feel totally isolated right now, even though you don't see him, he'll never stop working. He's right there. Even if you haven't felt him, just go ahead and begin to worship him anyway. Go ahead and and jump into his word. Just shout, yes, Jesus, yes, I believe in you, yes. Let him open your eyes. The disciples said this, They said this, Jesus disappeared from their eyes. And they said this, were not our hearts burning within us 
while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Even in your difficulty, even in this difficult time, he opens your eyes. Even before you prayed, your heart was already burning. Your heart was already burning. What's going on? Something's changing. Something's, something's shifting in my heart and in my spirit. You're working. You are the way maker. Thank you. You never stop working. Come on, sing that chorus. Way maker, miracle worker. Go ahead. Make a call. Somebody is there to talk to you right now. That is who you are. He is the way. me to break the bread do it at dinner time do it before you go to bed spend time praying remember when I taught you light a candle if you're married light a candle if you're alone light a candle every day spend some time fellowshipping with the Lord and praying just spend time just know that he's there know that he's there father we bless the people today we speak healing over those that are sick had some requests that have come in we're just going to keep praying for them we give thanks to you lord jesus for those that are in need i have a uh someone i know in in ohio named lisa who uh was in a motorcycle accident earlier and is a, in a difficult situation we'll pray for you also we have uh individuals who are struggling in their homes struggling in their finances god touch them god heal them meet their needs those of you who are praying right now, those of you who need somebody, please call. Somebody wants to pray with you now. I just, I'm just so grateful for what the Lord is doing. I see Debbie Holland posted, thank you, Jesus, for loving us so much. I know Debbie and Russell, we love you guys. You've been through so much, but he's right there with you, isn't he? The Lord is right there. He's right there. He is the bread of life. Yeah, and nothing's happening in your life that the Lord Jesus will not walk into. He's there. He's there for you. I love you. Joanna, I love you. Thank you for being here. Rose, Dave, we're praying for your family. We're praying that God would touch you. We're praying that the Lord would help you bring healing. I love you all so much. I'm believing that God is going to meet your needs. You know, not only are we going to get through this, we're going to soar. God's doing great things. Come on, praise Him. Prince of Peace, mighty God, we praise you, Lord Jesus. Come on, keep singing. Call.
need prayer, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. God bless you. Sing, sing, sing. Waymaker. Keep.